Today's podcast is brought to you by our drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. So Japanese and whiskey are not two words that you expect together. At least that was the case a few years back. Now they're winning awards and blazing new trails in the water of life and doing other spirits too. We'll take good spirits wherever we can find it. If only it weren't so expensive. Anyway, sit back and pour a drink if you can afford it. And have a drink. And go. to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i can't feel my legs <laughs> and i'm christopher walker wow uh yeah no i'm actually more or less fine i uh, just <laughs> having a bad day on the old broken back trail can't feel my legs i remember that when i was pregnant <laughs> i yeah i can move my legs i'm fine i'm not paralyzed it just sounded funny uh <laughs> It, it It is difficult to get up sometimes today, but uh, I blame the weather. I yeah. always blame the weather. I mean... Uh, well, I mean, when we go from 20 degrees to 70 degrees. Mm. Yeah, and then giant, giant storm just kind of cuts through your, your city, and you're just like, well, buckle yeah. up, buckaroo. Dude, the wind earlier was like bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Indeed. So, what has everyone been up to? Uh, not a whole lot. I don't think there's been much going on since uh, last we saw each other, which was uh, the, the Streamathon. Yeah. Yep, New Year's Eve. Uh, that episode's already up. If you're it's listening to this one, you've probably already listened to that one. And we only did the one episode this New Year's Eve. Yeah, I know, that was weird. We usually give you like half a dozen episodes after new we had Eve. We, we had plans but they're going to be spread out over some of our stuff so we'll yeah uh it was it was good i missed the utopias already <laughs> god why do you miss it there's still there's still plenty in the bottle don't tell me that <laughs> <laughs> not for long not with that attitude <laughs> also i still want it in candle form mm-hmm. from yankee candle it has to be I'm gonna action. keep making that joke. Yeah, I mean, it 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 works, Bob. It works. Uh, well, you uh, since then actually we have gotten to go see uh, the Star Wars. Hmm. Star Wars, <laughs> fighting the Star Wars. And we got to finish up the Mandalorian, so we're caught up on those fronts. Yeah, we have... being us two because Bob still has two episodes left. But no, yeah. so before our next episode, uh, Bob's going to have to get caught up there, and that way we're going to have kind of a roundup on drunk talk. It'll be, let's drunkenly talk about 
the Star Wars. <laughs> all right. You guys have to watch all of Clone Wars and Rebels by then. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You can watch two episodes of Mandalorian in that time. We attempted to watch Clone Wars earlier during dinner, and it just was not happening so no, with the toddler. Uh, the, the first – look, here's my here's my thing about that. That first season is not great. you got to enact Parks and Rec Law. <laughs> so my thought was she, she just went to Disney Plus and hit play. And I was going, oh, yeah, I've seen the first two seasons of Clone Wars already. And as soon as – like I, le- I was at an angle, and I leaned over to look at the screen – and saw the computer animation, and I was like, this is not the first season of Clone Wars. Because I remember the actual first season, which is traditional animation. Mm. Okay, that's the old Gindy Tartakovsky one. That's yeah. it. That, that is unconnected to this, and I think they basically just kind of said it's not canon. They wiped it, yeah. yeah. And that's what I liked. I had those on DVD, and I still wish I had them. Oh, those, are, those were real good. They were. Uh, they based all the animation on... Those were like just little like one minute episodes. Those like they were yeah something like that. There were five minute episodes. Regarding furry Vikings question in the chat about the significance of the final episode of the Mandalorian, which Bob has not gotten to yet, I will say. But although I think he actually, you guys talked about it because you you had watched. Is it from Rebels? I think. Yeah. Um, Uh, It's from Clone Wars and Rebels. Okay. So um, what we watched uh, a. Don't, just don't talk about it. Just don't. Just don't we'll talk, talk about. We we'll watched talk later a side. About basically, we watched a side video on it, and so d- because of the significance of it, and so we because I knew it was, a, I knew it was significant, it. and I'm not caught up on Clone Wars, and yeah. they're like, oh yeah, basically that this is if you if you're caught up on Clone Wars, then this is a big thing to you. Yeah. If you're not, then you're going, what the hell is this thing? And might I say that? So aside from like, I listened to the Let's Talk About Star Wars podcast with um, Tom Merritt and. Garrett Weinzerl and Jenny Josephson. Great. Let's talk about Star Wars. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't work. Mr. Weinzerl. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, that one, that one's great, and that they help fill in a lot of gaps when you don't know, like literally, all the story. But also, um, on uh, the Nerdist had some really good videos that Dan Casey uh, put out some pretty good, great videos about uh, not only the new movies but about like the Mandalorian stuff and and basically breaking down a lot of scenes just just describe things so uh it it was good it is uh whatever we didn't know we tried to get caught up on as much as we could but we are we're all in the same like we're done with the star wars movies situation so i have seen every one of the movies yeah so yeah we are including uh ewok adventures there is that (laughs) so we were i mean that's going to feature heavily into our talk obviously yeah well, we're going to talk about getting caught up on Star Wars drunkenly on the next episode, where we're also going to be dropping Miracle Fruit. Yeah, <laughs> getting getting high on flavor. Our tongues are going to Flavor Town. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, what else? What else? Have anyone been up to? Anybody? Um, we went to the aquarium. That was fun. That was fun. Uh, our son got to go to the aquarium for the first time and uh, was pretty pumped about s- random parts of it. <laughs> yeah, I like, mean, we're in a shark tunnel, and there's sharks below him, above him, all around him. He's like, guys, this air vent, holy crap, <laughs> this thing right here, this is awesome. This air vent, guys, have you seen this air vent? Look at this air vent. See, all I'm thinking of is like, yeah, no, I get that, kid. Aquariums <laughs> are kind of neat for about a 30-minute walkthrough of like, yeah, fish. That's cool looking. That's generally well, I've gone to the other end. Yeah. 
He's pretty stoked about fish. Like the he's actually yeah he's really into the when fish you first tanks. come in like the sign when you come in is in an aquarium and it's just like the Newport Aquarium. There's just like silver dollar fish and he's like beating the glass like ooh. <laughs> we're like these are literally the most boring fish. <laughs> like your mind is getting ready to just implode, <laughs> and it did. Yeah, he. Uh, the, I think the most exciting thing was like so at the Newport Aquarium they have this. Um, uh, I don't know what to call it. It's it's like this like half tunnel. <laughs> yeah. It's like this little hole thing that you can crawl really far into. And uh, he he was like, holy... Like, you could see his face like, you guys. <laughs> like, like he was trying to touch the fish. Um, and it was it was great because that's like where also the, the, the really big stuff is. Like the sharks and the, uh, the stingrays and the, so forth. The giant grouper that came up and was yeah, just like was staring like at him. Yeah, just saying hi to him, basically. It, it just came up and was like it slowly drifted like right to his face. And it's just like staring at him. And then he's like, anyway, these people behind me. And we're like, this like massive <laughs> fish just came up. He's just like staring at you. He came up and he's like, hey there, Emmett. And you're just like. Anyway, these people, they're pretty great. <laughs> He's so distracted by people. He is fascinated by watching other people do anything. And that's when I got kind of perturbed. And I was like, you know what? We could have just gone to Target and he would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, it would have been the same experience to him. Not wrong. I mean, yeah, he's... He's a year old. <laughs> say, he's, he's not All even experiences are going to be the same for him. <laughs> that trip was for you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was pretty happy about the quesadilla that we all got to share, so... Like $11 quesadilla. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that trip being just for for you two rather than for him. But I didn't pet the sharks. He wanted to jump in the tank with the sharks. He he wasn't even scared. He was just like, anyway, I'm I'm getting in the water now, guys. And we're like, no. (laughs) So uh, we got annual passes, though. So next time I feel like it'll be a little bit better for him at least. So yeah, yeah. That it's it's definitely worth the money to do that. All right. Well, Anyone else is worth the know, money? <laughs> uh, no. A lot of movies. Well, welcome to your Blue League Movie Jeff Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of January 6, 2020. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. I once gambled my car in Vegas. The Hearts people were furious. Good times. Let's go to the scoreboard. <laughs> Team Snowshoes in last place with $256.2 million. Team Gelf is in fifth place with $332.9 million. Team Geek Grills is in fourth place with $341.4 million. Team RMP is in third place with $490.7 million dollars. Team Have a Drink is in second place with 564.6 million dollars. And in first place with 629.2 million dollars, it's Team DKG. Let your Stream Team Movie Draft Minute. For up-to-date listings, follow Stream Team Draft on Twitter. Okay, we have no chance at winning this, but we're still oh. in second place? I'm like, how on earth? <laughs> Star Wars has been underperforming from its projections. And clearly the Spies in Disguise did a little better than than we thought. Eh. I still think that looks I, funny. Like, I'm pretty sure know. like fro- almost all of our movies did not pan out like we were hoping they would outside of Frozen 2. We are literally making money from Frozen 2 alone. I, <laughs> so no, I don't know. Did Frozen, Frozen 2 is outperformed, like if you went week by week, Frozen 2 has outperformed Star Wars. That, I was predicting that. Are we all, all box office mood doing this right now? I'm trying to right now. Okay. Um, I still want to see Frozen 2. Also. I want to go see 1917 TBH 
Oh. I mean, yeah, okay. Me, me and Chris are going to go watch that. Brittany, you can go watch Frozen. Yeah, uh, if you wanted to come up and we could go see 1917, I think they're showing it in the Dolby Cinema up here. Oh, the Dolby Atmos. Yeah, Ooh. that was actually pretty badass. Yeah. We saw that, Star Wars in that Dolby Atmos theater, and it was like, what? It's like $30 a ticket, but holy crap. We had a gift card. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> so I was just like, I would pay $50 a ticket. Like, every movie I see will be in the Dolby Cinema from now on. Uh, so $454 million, uh domestic. So not bad for Frozen 2. But that's after... It's about Star Wars money right now. So they're running neck and neck. Mm. And Frozen 2 has had like a month head start. Yeah. So Star Wars yeah. is performing better. But it's still like... But given the yeah. time frame for the draft, we got yeah. we got the bigger bang for the buck because we got that buck quicker. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Playmobil, that's been our, our big bread winner. Yeah, right, that's what right. that's what's pushed us to second place. Kept, we were holding it because of Playmobil. What is, what is a Spies in Disguise made? It's the, oh, what's it made? I was going to say, well, you're asking what is it? It's like the Will Smith. They had uh, a big. I don't think it, it's uh, bad. They had a big push uh, in promos for it. I know that. Like They were everywhere a few weeks ago. Spies in the Disguise. Um, do, do, do. Ooh. Ooh, 50. <laughs> 50 million. Oof. Eh, that's not. How long has it been out? Uh, since the end of November. Oh. Yeah, no, everything <laughs> we picked underperformed. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, that was a different. That's, uh, not released here. So, earliest. uh, December. Or Christmas. Christmas is how long it's been out. It's still not much better. No. No. <laughs> It's uh, we didn't right. expect to win this one. This so, was a really no. tricky one. Will Smith did terrible this season at the box office. For anyone keeping track, every one of his movies pretty much bombed. Yeah. Uh, Furry Vikings asking, do you guys think the box office numbers are just going to be lower because of uh, streaming and other reasons? And I was like, not really. No. I, no, they're they're probably going to be lower, but also ticket prices are higher, so it, it's I mean, kind of a wash. If nothing else... I, I, I do enjoy going to the movies when I can. It's just like, the other, like this past week, I went, was there anything out that I actually want to watch? I forgot 1917 was out, and I was like, oh, I don't think so. Well, I, I still want to see Knives Out as well, but we didn't get that in the draft either. <laughs> yeah, that's the other problem, though, with doing the movie draft. I'm, I'm, I'm like, looking like, at I'm movies that I get, and I'm like, I don't guess i can't go watch you now <laughs> yeah you're like nope that's a that's a later problem right now all right well uh i think uh real quick on uh, the news front or the uh announcements front we are uh we have hard dates for uh yeah. oktoberfest zinzinati it's the weekend of september 18th so mm-hmm. there will be uh festivities going on town ta- on in town and we are definitely going to be uh, trying to host as many fine folks as we can. So we hope uh, anyone who wants to come join us for America's Oktoberfest. Uh, still not sure. I've not heard anything on numbers if we've re- retaken our crown as the largest Oktoberfest in the country. Mm. But uh, it's definitely labeled America's Oktoberfest. And it's a great time. If you want to come party with over half a million people drunkenly in the streets of Cincinnati and come to Beer City, USA... Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> well, uh, let's also talk a little bit about some uh, untapped badges. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Yeah. yeah. We've got a core badge update. Bum, bum, bum. 
that time of year again, something you've all been waiting for. And today we're releasing five new sets of badges. Today being whatever this was. It was uh, December, so. It was like last month, but still. Uh, so we're releasing five uh, set of five core badges ready for you unlock. The badges are as following. Wake up and smell the coffee. Check into five different beers with the style stout coffee or por- uh, or porter coffee. Goes up to 100. I wonder and why but, only those two. These kind of you can maybe, get an IPA with like coffee in it. There aren't very many of those. There's not a whole lot of those. So the 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 stout and porter are the most common ones. Yeah, yeah. But this made me realize I need to undo my uh, retroactive check-ins whenever they bring up a new badge. It just takes all my check-ins and applies anything to those. Yeah. Because I really want to see how quickly I could max these out. Because I'm pretty sure with retroactive on, it was just like, bam, 100. Yeah. yeah. You drink a lot of coffee beer. Well, there's also uh, Shake It Up. Check into five different beers. The style uh, IPA Milkshot. Yeah, Milkshot. Milkshake. <laughs> or IPA Imperial Double Milkshake or Pale Ale Milkshake. Goes up to 100. Oh, you skipped there. one, too. The best named badge. <laughs> Beyond uh, a shadow of a stout. Maybe I just wanted to say shake it up and I was going to get back to it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Beyond a shadow of a stout. Check into any five beers five beers of uh, any variant of the style. Stout. Stout. It's stout. also... Stout it out loud. <laughs> These are the beers we can't do without. Come on. We're drinking with you. Come on. I still like, uh... Stout! Stout! (laughs) Stout of the devil! Stout of the devil, or uh, just redoing Animal House. Oh. The shout. Make me want a stout. Throw my hands up and stout. Stout. Drink my beer up and stout. Come on now. Come on now, stout. Whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> only, only <laughs> instead of being Morse Day, <laughs> it's just a bunch of fat neck beards. <laughs> All right. Well, you can also pass the guac. Check into five beers, five different venues, the category Mexican restaurant. Mm. There's also. You don't know Brett. Check into five beers, the style of Brett beer or American Wild. Mm. Yeah. And then you can always vote for the next, the next update. Mm-hmm. Just trying to click to see what's what's currently leading. All the meats is currently <laughs> leading. Check All into five meats. beers at a venue of a category of barbecue. Ooh. I thought we were going to so barbecue. Without knowing that, without looking at first, I was I was starting to think it was going to be along the lines Love of beers. Not Roush beers, but when dogfish taste like ham. When dogfish did the scrapple, oh, and it actually well, they're like, point, yeah. they're like, no, there's pork. We we used pork in the mash for this because we're dogfish head, and we don't give a crap. Look, that Roush beer tasted more like ham than that scrapple. <laughs> beer of fortune. All right. uh, I'm gonna let you guys uh, knock these other two off. I've got to do a refill or a remix. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brittany, do you want to go ahead and come into the next one? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was like looking at the the other ones oh, yeah. listed on here. I was like, these are amazing. <laughs> the names of these. Um, Turkish Bath is slowly making its way up this chart. Oh, it's gonna win. Yeah, 
one uh, one year, one year, and we able to check into Turkish baths. I like the Roman in Romania. Yes. Uh, great name. Uh, the mall rat one is interesting. I mean, because I have to think like, how often are you getting beer at a mall? I you know it's a very uncomfortable position, like the back of a Volkswagen. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so the next badge <laughs> is uh, <laughs> just just gonna let <laughs> that just, just that old go. Kevin Smith joke go. Yeah, uh, Beer City Brusader, twenty twenty. Um, so this one is for. This this one we decided to include. Normally we had stopped doing kind of like the um, the uh, like oh insert city names you know beer thing. They do this one every year though. Yeah, uh, but so it's the Beer City Brusader Challenge. So the craft beer scene in Grand Rapids, Michigan, aka Beer City USA, which is it still known as that. We don't know. Uh, continues to grow. <laughs> Boasting more than 60 breweries with a 60-minute drive of Grand Rapids. With such a wide variety of breweries along the Beer City Ale Trail, it's no surprise this title was bestowed upon the city. Join those known as Brusaders and embark upon the journey to find the perfect pint of Grand Rapids beer. So, okay, um, I know too much about history to, to endorse anything associated with Crusaders. Brusaders right. or not. Seriously. Uh, but so you don't have Dennis to. Then better look out. <laughs> uh, you don't have to physically go to Grand Rapids, of course, for this one. So that's an, uh, the main reason we included it as well. Uh, you can go to Kalamazoo in. instead. <laughs> you can check into five different beers from any of the Grand Rapids based breweries listed below throughout 2020. So no actual, like, it's going to be a minute. You've got time, is the point here. Um, and they've got a whole brewery list. We're not going through every single one of them, but it's got some some, some common ones such as. But it's almost as many breweries as Cincinnati. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Uh, and the Furry obvious Vikings ones like, like... Rap- Furry Vikings, the check on Grand Rapids is pretty fun. Well, it is pretty fun. I'm not gonna lie. I've been there. Um, I like it. So like you know uh, you've got um, Jolly Pumpkin, New Holland, uh, Founders, obviously. Um, then there's just also Grand Rapids Brewing, you know. Uh, so Perrin? Like, huh? You, you're forgetting Perrin, home oh. of Abraxas. Oh, oh. I genuinely forgot. But so there, there's quite a few on the list. Um, I would recommend, like, just, w- well, on the link that we're going to have on there, you can uh, see the full list of the um, options that you can choose from. So, uh, so yeah, you get the whole year for this one. So you're, you're good to go. All right, and don't forget, uh, we usually, once upon a time, had a news section that would go here, but uh, we've got a whole new show now for it. Yeah, and this week we were talking about such fun stories as uh, perhaps having the opportunity to fund uh, Molson Coors restructuring. And get their own facility out of it. Well, it, it was just the funny thing of the story is they're like, they didn't mention it in the title. They're like, oh, Paps could buy the uh, this brewery for $150 million. Molson Coors also announces they're planning to restructure for $150 million. It's <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. Mm, wonder how they're planning to fund this. I wonder. But yeah, uh, we, we gab a bit about that and a few other stories that you need to get in there and check out. What kind of like. We tr- and we try to give Bob an aneurysm this time. <laughs> Do Cheddar Bay biscuits count as a garnish? I say no. yes. Important, no. su- such important questions. 
as this. <sighs> All right, well, uh, topic time. For relaxing times, make it Suntory time. <laughs> the, the wonderful Bill Murray. Lost in Translation, where you get to see a 60-year-old man pining after a teenager. I mean... <laughs> you know what? There's there's a lot of ways that joke could go, and there's I just nowhere we decided. can go with that. No, that movie is creepy as hell. <laughs> it is an old man, Bill Murray, uh, lusting after a teenage Scarlett Johansson. Is she a teenager I... in that movie? Like, she's playing a teenager. Okay, she's okay. playing a teenager. Gotcha. She's she's really in her like bottom twenties in that movie. She's like ninety-seven in that movie. I think. <laughs> I was gonna say one of her her first movie I remember is, she is looks Ghost 12. World when she looks super young, like Sorry, before I, she had boobs. I thought you said Ghostbusters at first, <laughs> no. and was like she's not in that. That's also a super creepy Bill Murray movie where he's walking around with uh, sedatives <laughs> on his date. Yeah, no, yeah. Huh. But that movie's still fantastic. So we we give it a, the eighties were a different time. Uh, Furry Viking said he thinks she was a teen during Lost in Translation. But he even is. like during that movie compared to like Ghost World, very different look for her. I'm, I must. She was up. 17. She was a teenager. Oh, She's creepy. only 17. I was gonna say she looked like 12 during that movie. It was uh, d- derailed. Apparently, this is what we're talking about. This yeah. is. Well, you know who's you know who's not 12? The Who? Centauri. Definitely not 12. Correct. For a millennium, more than a millennium, a quiet uh, but mighty life source has, oh, pardon, has drawn people to a region in Japan that straddles the moder- uh, modern-day Osaka and Kyoto pre- uh, prefectures at the base of Mount Tenzozen. Uh, at the con- confluence of three rivers, mineral water flows such a, with such purity that it was recorded in an ancient collection of Japanese poetry during the Nara period about 1200 years ago in fairness i'm pretty sure they were just writing about anything they saw out there so yeah uh centuries later celebrated tea master sin no uh, ryuku chose the area as its water source to build his tea house uh, at the beginning of the 20th century the water's uh, lore attracted young entrepreneurs named shinjori tori uh, to a small town in Shinomoto at, for his latest endeavor at, uh, and one of the closest to his heart, developing a whiskey delicate enough to please the Japanese palate. By the way, I'm just powering through these Japanese words. I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm probably wrong, but... No, you're doing go. good. Uh, I think we've got Google Translate up for some of these. Yeah. Uh, what do you need it for? Nothing. They were just saying that I'm just powering through the Japanese words because going probably wrong. But here we go. The first one I've got it up for is uh, the uh, other distillery name because I was like, this is going to be wrong. <laughs> well, uh, after Shinjuro, uh, after working as a shop as a boy, he opened his own import store in 1899. But Tiori Sultan, Shinjuro's small. Uh, a small wine store in Osaka was merely a study to advance his true ambition of producing Japanese soil, uh, producing on Japanese soil, soil 
the very styles of wine and spirits he imported. It took nearly a decade, but in 1907, he released Akandama... Uh, sorry. I was reading it as Akadama. I was going to say, it should be Akadama. I, I just kind of jumbled over that as I stopped. No, no, you're fine. Ak- Akadama Port Wine. Still in production today as Akadama Sweet Wine. The popularity which funded the construction of the Yamazaki Distillery. Uh, Japan's first malt whiskey distillery built in 1923. Uh, that was the next big business expansion uh, after becoming uh, the Kotobukiya? Kotobukiya, sure, uh, yeah. company in 1921. Production began in December 1924, and five years later, Suntory Whiskey Shirofunda, white label, the first single malt whiskey was made in Japan. Important in distinction, Japan. white label. Uh, the first nude advertising poster in Japan's history was a promotion for Akadama, uh, Akadama Port Wine in 1922, and it went on to win a first first prize in international poster competition in Germany because nudity, sure. nudity. Yeah. The Germans looked at it and went, "I see titties." Wait, wait, wait! What, what's our time frame here? Yeah. 1922. Yeah. Between the wars, uh, there was not the chancellor in Germany you're thinking of. I know, I know. I'm just saying it didn't hurt their causes when they were sending naked posters to Germany. <laughs> uh, anyway, 1931, Centauri hosted the country's first cocktail competition. Uh, the post, uh, the post-war era saw. Tori's Bars, watering holes named for Tori's Whiskey that served basic cocktail feature, uh, featuring Centauri spirits, popping up across Japan. By 1960, Centauri had introduced its first highball in a can. Oh, now a staple in social drinking for monsters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, we managed to find the poster. It says oh. it's a nude poster, but you actually can't You don't tell. see anything. It's uh, Oh, you can order pillows of it. Wow. Okay. Well, of course you can. It's right. a painting. Uh, well, you do it's the one Japan, of the woman. You can order a whole body pillows that you can hug as you sleep. Do the one of the woman today. There's like a, oh, her elderly yeah. next to the painting or next to the poster of the painting. Share that. <laughs> Are we? Are we validating terms of service if we... I don't think so. Not when it's the picture of her holding the picture. Holding the picture, holding the picture. Yes. Got to incept it, and then it's fine. There we go. That's the picture. You don't actually see anything. You don't even see cleavage. Like, her hand is between the cleavage. You just see the tops of her breasts. But for 1922, I mean... Scandalous. Yeah. Today, you're like, I don't know. I saw a, a shampoo commercial that showed more. I saw. I see shoulders. She's clearly naked. Scandalous. In 1961, uh, uh, Kotobuyuki uh, launched Drink Tories and Go to Hawaii campaign. At the time, a trip abroad was considered a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now, everyone goes to Hawaii. From what I'm told about uh, about Hawaii, a, a, a disproportionate number of the tourists are Japanese. Huh. Uh Anyway, uh, in 1963, uh, Kotobi Yukia, uh changed its name to Suntory, which was much easier to say, <laughs> and taken from the name of the whiskey it produces. The same year, uh, 
Musashishio Shino uh, Beer Factory began its production of Suntory Beer. Oh, they make a beer. Or made. Uh, in 1977, Suntory became Japan's sole bottler, distribu- uh, distributor, and licensor of Pepsi products. Yeah, 1997. So that's probably where most of their money's coming from. Uh, I would also point out that uh, I'm pretty sure Japan's a much more lax on uh, monopolies. Apparently, yeah. When you look at the Centauri portfolio, you you just go, um, they they are diversified across uh, <laughs> the beverage. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about like, yeah, no, they they basically just went, look, we can all work here and make some money. We'll we'll keep making new things. Why would we need to compete? Everyone works for Brondo. <laughs> basically. Well, on April 1st, 2009, Suntory became a stockholding company named Suntory Holdings Limited and established Suntory Beverage and Food Limited, uh, limiting a lot of their stuff. Uh, Suntory Products Limited, Suntory Wellness Limited, Suntory Liquors Limited, Suntory Beer and Spirits Limited, Suntory Wine International Limited, which feels like a contradiction in terms, (laughs) and Suntory Business Expert Limited. It's a limited expertise. I mean... (laughs) You gotta give them a break. <laughs> but seriously, go to their website and go to the brand section. It's insanity. So we were gonna talk about that, I think, at the end of this. Then we decided to shift focus. But yeah, they got all their fingers are in a lot of beverage. They know pots. what's up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was surprised to find out they owned Lucasade. I don't know if we end up talking about that later. Yeah. Yeah. It's in there. Okay. Well, I mean, the, it's mentioned anyway. Lucasade being a popular uh, sports beverage in the UK. Oh. And yeah. what's that what's that scotch one that you guys liked? Lucasade. Oh, is it Lucasade? I thought it was something else. Yeah, Lucasade was the one that me and Ian Is it orange? Uh, That's what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. They own that, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Centauri owns it. Uh, on July fourteenth, two thousand nine, Kieran announced that it was in negotiations with Centauri on a merger on February eighth, twenty ten. It was announced that negotiations between the two were terminated. Uh Kieran they're the ones who now own New Belgium. Belgium, yeah. Oh, yeah. In 2009, Centauri acquired Oranginia. Organa. Leia Organa. Or- <laughs> yes. <laughs> acquired Organa, the the orange soft drink, for 300 billion yen, uh, more than 2.7 billion U.S. dollars. I, I keep forgetting that with yen, you basically just add two zeros to... Yeah, I had to look to, it up. I don't know. Like how American currency is. Like, I just add two zeros. It's, it's fine. <laughs> and uh, Frucor energy drinks for 600 million euros. Uh, 667.2 million dollars. U.S. dollars. On uh, July 2nd, 2013, the company debuted on the Tokyo Stock Exchange and raised almost four billion dollars in the process. <laughs> That's Four billion ballast points. <laughs> well, uh, original ballast well, points, not or, current ballast points. Or, yeah, original ballast points, not current ballast points. Much lower. Much, much lower. Uh, in September 2013, Centauri purchased the drinks division of Glax, Glaxco Smith Klein. Uh, all is one word. This included the brands Lucasade and Rabina. Rabina? We're going to go with Rabina. 
However, the deal did not include Horlicks, whatever Horlicks it's, is. Horlicks feels like it should be a Harry Potter thing. Right. Horcrux, yeah. I didn't know is that. Is that what it's actually called? I th- actually thought Horlicks was what it was. No, Horcrux is. <laughs> Horlicks. I mean, it's pretty close. Uh, I mean, we all know what a Horlicks That Okay, is. Unre- unrelated and completely derailing the topic, but reminded me after the show, I need, you, I need to show you uh, Harry Potter scenes but the dialogue is replaced with brooklyn 99 lines oh god <laughs> i've not seen harry potter or read it so i don't truly appreciate it but i think you guys might enjoy it jesus so in january 2014 centauri announced an agreement to buy the largest u.s bourbon producer beam inc <gasps> producers oh. of jim beam and maker's mark i did not know centauri owns maker's mark uh, I mean, for we six, do now, but for sixteen ballast points, it's <laughs> a lot of ballast points. Uh, this deal would make Centauri it's a the, lot more current ballast points. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's like four million current ballast points. This I'm deal pretty sure they got that for like you know ten dollars in a brisk hand <laughs> shake in the pants. This deal, would, <laughs> this deal would make Centauri the world's third largest spirits maker. The acquisition was completed on April 30th, 2014, when it was also announced that Beam would be renamed as Beam Suntory, how most people know the name now. See, I'm picturing it from the Dragon Ball Z fusion dance, and it's just a Maker's Mark bottle and a bottle of, like, Habiki going, Fusion! Ha! Today, bars in Japan and beyond carry Suntory highball machines. Which are, I want to see one of these, which are partially responsible for egging on the latest highball revival. Uh, part refrigerator and part tap. The machine pours a perfect whiskey soda highball every time. Low in alcohol content, but highly refreshing. The mm. U.S. got its first... I was, I was on board until you said low in alcohol co- content. <laughs> when you put it in a vending machine, it's got to be lower. Uh, the U.S. got its first highball machine not long after the 2016 launch of Toki the first of Centauri's whiskeys to be available in the States before Japan. And the buzz that it created keeps growing. Uh, while Centauri had the benefit of defining Japanese whiskey to a degree, its blenders didn't have the access to a uh, variety of Scottish... that blah, blah, Didn't have the access that the... Ver- I'm going <laughs> to... It, it's worded badly. Sorry, I got that. They didn't have access that uh, to the variety of things that the Scottish producers did. Uh, Yamazaki had to produce its own library of distinctive whiskeys in order to create a complex commercial spirit, uh, evidence of which is on display in the museum at the Yamazaki Distillery, with thousands of bottles of whiskey expressions spanning decades lining the walls from floor to ceiling. And there are pictures of this. Uh, oh my god, I've never wanted to go to Japan more in my life. It looks amazing. So I mean, um, the bourbon, it's basically going into a bourbon warehouse. Only this is like walking into a warehouse of whiskey bottles, and it is something to see. I feel like it would smell less good. It definitely, definitely would smell less good because you don't you're not smelling the whiskey in the air. But it I is. I don't know. It looks pretty nice. I'm sure it looks nice. I just mean like, Brittany, walk into a Rick house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Breathe deep. I can smell the wood like, and I can the smell dirt it right now. Mm-hmm. You can you can smell the angels' share drifting through the air. 
and the livers of the angels. <laughs> oh. oh, Brittany, is that yeah? That's it. The whiskey library. She, Brittany had to tangent, and she has to share this with you watching the video. Audio listeners, just imagine it, or go to uh, so Twitch.tv slash Have a Drink Show. Have a Drink Show, and you can you can see this. Look, look at that glory. It looks oh. like there's just a whole bunch of because uh, uh, the bottles are not dissimilar from uh, Woodford bottles. Yeah, <laughs> very much reminds me of the Woodford Distillery because they have the kind of the same. Woodford has a similar setup. display. Yeah. Only there's just a single wall behind like the check-in counter. Yeah, which like the yeah no, this is a whole different level. Every whiskey that goes to market, including the single malts, uh, benefits from precise blending orchestrated by Centauri's lineage of master and chief blenders. And we had to watch uh, a whiskey vault video on the mm. Habiki, and they mm. bring up. He's like, "Are there any single malt Japanese whiskeys?" And he's like, "Yes, but they sell out minutes after announcement <laughs> for thousands of dollars each." So yeah, you'll you'll never probably get your hands on many. Uh, so the rich, complex profile of Habiki Japanese Harmony, for instance, represents all three distilleries in five primary uh, component parts: Yamazaki's American White Oak, Sherry, and Mizunara, or Japanese Oak uh, Malt Cast, plus uh, Hakushu's Smoky Malt, and how do we say it is? Hold on. Google Translate. Sita. Sita. Yeah. So we were saying cheetah, but Sita. Yeah. So the uh, Sita Distillery. They're grain whiskey. Yeah. Yes, they're grain whiskey, and you get the Yamazaki Twelve Year. On the other hand, is made solely of malt whiskeys from the Yamazaki Yamazaki. Oh my God! Yeah, Yamazaki Distillery, uh, namely those aged in white oak, sherry, and the Japanese oak casks. Okay, I'm probably wrong, but aren't Yamazaki's also, like, small dirt bikes? I was thinking the same thing. Uh, and now I'm just wondering, those like... Those are Kawasaki's. Kawasaki's, thank you. I was like, I know that's not right, but... Yeah, that's where my head went to, and I was like, that's not right at all. Um, okay, so, uh, though uh, Shinjiro is widely regarded as the father of Japanese whiskey, the founder of competitor Nika Whiskey also claims the title. Shinjiro had enlisted the help of Masataka Takasturu, Takatsuru, a young man who studied whiskey in Scotland for Centauri's first whiskey attempt, which failed gloriously. <laughs> in, uh, released in 1929, the Shirofuda, white label, as we discussed before, whiskey and its bold smokiness was too forward too fast for a population that favored subtler flavors. So what, this is a little bit after uh, the period that I'm thinking of, but after a uh, quick history lesson, after uh, the American Navy uh, by, with Commodore Perry came over and basically told Japan, open up or not, uh, <laughs> open up or be bombed. Yeah. Uh, open up or Truman sitting there going, boom, boom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Would have been uh, uh, a a, just before the Civil okay. War, so it'd been like a, a Polk or someone. Uh, yeah. But they uh, uh, they had to like jumpstart from essentially the feudal era 
uh, in the you know, medieval period to like 19th century technology. And so they, they, they sent Japanese people throughout the world to learn just everything. Uh, like the, the, the government just went, go, go out, learn, and then come back to the country and bring back what you've learned. And just the idea of like one of them going, well, now I'm here in Scotland. My job is to learn whiskey. <laughs> I mean, what do you, and yeah. you, you just have to look at that, that Japanese man and go, how did you draw this, draw this, you know, yeah, you won. How did you get this Congratulations. He learned he learned whiskey, peat, and sausages. Yeah. Good job. Married a Scottish woman, too, yes. according to chat. Uh hey, look, if you go to Scotland, you end you come back with a wife, apparently. He took her back to Japan. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Who I I'm sure the Japanese po- people welcomed her with open arms as they have yeah, as they are known to do. Yes, Indeed. especially during that time period. Isn't that funny right. how they, they they were forced to jump from like X point to like the future, and then now they're ba- they're basically leagues ahead of a lot of us. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, technologically it, it requires going into a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I'm just saying, but, like, but it, it yeah. a lot of this was just them trying to trying to you know play catch up and it, it led to a lot of unfortunate things like you know well yeah 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 mm. a lot of colonialism that we're not going to talk about mm. right not the I'm show just saying for that today but they're man doing quite i wish well. it was i want to talk so much about it well but anyway let's move on. <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so uh Essentori global brand ambassador and former master distiller mike uh miyamoto explains it's the equivalent of visiting Japan for the first time and sitting down to a truly authentic Japanese meal. It would be simply too foreign to enjoy. The, paired part- the pair parted ways, and Mazataka founded Nika Whiskey shortly thereafter. So I for really Japan, want sushi right now. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> so for Japan, it, it, it's basically either Suntory or Nika, period. <laughs> and they all came from the same place. Um... The House of Suntory is more than its parts. More than whiskey or sweet wine. More than Sakura-infused gin and canned coffee. More than the varied products of one's man vision, one man's vision. Because even though Suntory is known as the founding house of Japanese whiskey, what's not as widely recognized is that Shinjiro, by way of his company, is responsible for bringing Western bar culture to the East, introducing not only products, but also ideas previously foreign but now deeply ingrained in Japanese culture. I wonder if he's the guy who introduced putting your tie sideways on your head when you're drunk. Because I feel like anytime they show I drunk mean, Japanese no. people that, that that they are doing this. No. I was saying we should use turning Japanese for the show intro music. You're like, that's a little racist. I feel like that comment is above No, you guys mine. are definitely oh. on the same racist page. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't intend it to be racist. I just meant like that's what I see in TV. I, oh, that's... Yeah. Okay. It's stereotype land then, I guess. <laughs> okay, but still probably from a bad place, and I do apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's fine. It was not my intent. Uh, okay. Uh, in 2017, Hibiki, 21 years, uh, won the top trophy award in the World Whiskey category, the 22nd International Spirits Challenge. Uh, this is an international spirits competition. Uh, it also won the Supreme Champion Spirit Award 
given the most outstanding product from Amer- from among trophy award winners across all categories. This means that Hibiki 21 Years was selected as the top spirit out of 1,480 entries spanning across all categories. It's the fifth year in a row for Hibiki 21 uh, to win a trophy award, best in category. Suntory Spirits Limited was also recognized as World Whiskey Producer of the Year, an award bestowed upon one whiskey maker in the world, in the world whiskey category, for producing a wide variety of high-quality products. Suntory, so I, sorry, I was going to say I always feel bad when someone wins a wins a very prestigious award because it means I don't get it. Yeah, right, uh, exactly. as Chat was pointing out, uh, <laughs> that award is exactly where you can trace back to where uh, Japanese whiskey is now hard to find. Yeah. Um, and so, it's just like how uh, McKenna Tenure is now hard to find and $40. Yeah, hashtag Henry, <laughs> Henry McKenna. McKenna. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, so Suntory Whiskey Yamazaki Sherry Cask 2013 also became the first Japanese whiskey to receive the highest score, 97.5 and be selected for World Whiskey of the Year in international whiskey critic Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible 2015. Centauri's other whiskey brands have earned numerous other commendations, as well as some of the, mo- the world's most authoritative international liquor competitions. Uh, and we do, I'm going to supply a link in the show notes um, for their full award list that they have on their website. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, I, I get it. I'm just going to put that out there. I Not to gloat, but uh, at Drinktacular, if you were to have attended um, last year now, uh, at this time last year almost, it was in February, late February, um, I believe me and Jim got to have some Hibiki 12-year at the Speakeasy. I think I got to try just a just a little a little taste of someone's. It was but... so good. And it was $50 for two ounces. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts. Something like that's worth it. Yeah. Anywho, um, just just saying, and the, the, it works are happening for a possible revisit it, or another drinktacular. It's probably not going to be down there. It's probably going to be in Cincinnati. But you know, you miss out on things. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Uh. So, this looks we got some stuff about uh, some of their distilleries here. Yes, uh, Suntory is actually made up of three distilleries. Well, first up on our list is the uh, Yamazaki Distillery, which is inspired by the traditional Scottish whiskey. Tori uh, envisioned Japanese approach by choosing a terrain and climate completely different to those of Scotland to create a unique kind of whiskey. Uh, the Yamazaki Distillery was thus the birthplace of Japanese whiskey. Nestled proudly in the periphery of Kyoto, this uh, region was formerly referred to as uh, Min, Min, Minasio. Uh, Minas- no, Minaseno, sorry. Yeah. Uh, where one of the pure, uh, where one of the purest waters of Japan originates, the diversity of the region's temperature and humidity creates an ideal condition for cask aging. Known as the signature of Suntory maturation, Yamazaki Distillery is distinguished by its uniqueness that a single distillery can produce a variety of whiskeys. Mm. Mm. Yes. They, they, I, I would say, so I've got a, I'm also going to link to their main, um, the House of Suntory website. 
they do a very good job at making you desperately want to go there. <laughs> like the pictures on their website and like just the descriptions of everything. I'm just like, yes, can we just please go? Thank you. <laughs> Never wanted to go to Osaka so much in my life. Yeah, that's usually not something people were usually weren't heading towards that region of Japan when they're visiting. But uh, yeah, you know, it could still be fun. Not as frequent, but yes. This is something I still want to do one day. Like we have a list of places that we both really want to go. And really, Japan's not on that. Like of like dedicated places. We're like, no, I really want to go here, and it, it mostly it's like English speaking places. And then I'm like, but I also want to take a trip that's somewhere where it's just like not on our list of places we definitely want to go, and it's just like out of the comfort zone. And like Japan for me is definitely one of those places mm-hmm. where I'd love to just be thrown out of my element completely. It'd be great. Especially being, you know, like 6'3 and a big beard walking around in Japan. I'm sure, I'm sure I would garner no attention. Not a bit. No one, no one would give you a strange look. They would not be coming up screaming Chewbacca. No one would be asking for pictures. No, no one, none. All right, uh, our next distillery is the Hakushu, 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 Hakushu Distillery. Then the next word. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> uh, hold on. I'm scrolling back up. Kizo Saji. Kizo Saji. Oh, Kizo Saji. Kizo Saji. Yeah. That was kind of close. Kizo Saji. All right. Kizo Saji. Yeah. <laughs> the second master blender inherited his father's quest to push the boundaries of what a Japanese whiskey could be. He had searched all over Japan for high-quality water that will become the most delicately aromatic to produce whiskey that people would love. He found Hakushu. The Hakushu Distillery is without question one of the highest distilleries in the world, built built amidst the deepest forests of Mount... I'm sorry, hold on. Uh, Mount... uh... Kaiko Magakate. Kaiko Magatake. Look how close I was. You actually I, were. Justin was close. And, and I'm I'm a little drunk. <laughs> yep, that word. <laughs> the thing I learned about Japanese is that you pronounce almost every you basically pronounce every syllable you see. Yeah. In the Japanese Southern Alps is where it is located. Uh, the they majestic... have Alps there? Apparently, <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, the majestic... Man, that mountain chain is long. <laughs> the majestic forest that surrounds the Hakushu distillery shelters an abundance of plant varieties, uh, reflecting the many expressions of Japanese nature. The malt whiskies born here are simultaneously blessed with a variety of particular microclimate, verdant forests, and water offering a rare softness and purity only made possible by filtration of rain and snow through thousand-year-old granite rocks. Uh, the exceptionally soft mountain water of Hakushu originates as clear-flowing rainwater and melted snow, which passes through Mount That and joins... <laughs> it's what Google was reading to you. Ojira and Jingu? And joins the Ojira and Jingu rivers at the mountain foot with 
four distinctive seasons, the clear air and cool, humid climate of Hakushu's vast forests allow the distillery, one of the few situated at an elevation of 700 meters or more, just under 2,300 feet, to produce high-quality whiskey through a slow, unhurried process. Man, that's, I feel like that's a big problem with love the Japanese whiskey. <laughs> it got real popular, and they still do a slow unhurried process (laughs) yeah japanese are not known for uh their hurry in Mm. in getting a product out the water and environment at hakushu distillery is vastly different to that of the yamazaki distillery as is the creation process at fermentation artisanal craftsmen use solely wooden washbacks to encourage maturation by retaining heat in the cool air at the distillery a variety of pot stills and casks are carefully chosen to suit the high elevation and climate of Hakushu, ultimately producing an array of single malt whiskeys with a variety of characters that reflect its surroundings. It's interesting they use pot stills. Hmm. Hmm. Like, I mean, like... Only the column, best. Column stills are more efficient, but... But pot stills, come on. I mean, when, you, when you're in it, when you're willing to put the time in it, you're using the pot stills. Yeah, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. It's just, the, again, an unhurried process. Yeah. Uh, so next up we have the Shita Distillery. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I was looking at the chat and I was like, wait, what? In the yeah, chat. No, I, looked, uh, I saw it at the same time. like, hold on. I need to read this out loud for everyone. <laughs> oh, hell. I just went from Habiki to Eagle Rare and the cherry in the Eagle Rare is screaming out of the glass. <laughs> I just picture the eagle on the ah. bottle screaming. I was like, Except they're saying cherry, like, cherry! I just pictured, like, a cherry-colored scream coming out of the eagle's mouth. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the, the Shita distillery uh, use, using mainly corn grain and a continuous multiple-column distillation process, the Shita distillery makes three types of grain whiskeys. The I mean, heavy type grain whiskey. could almost make bourbon. Well, that's not in America, but still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the heavy type grain whiskey is distilled through two columns, the medium type through three columns, and the clean type through four columns. This diversity is rare among green whiskey distillers, as most only producer or most only produce the heavy type. Due to their exceptional smoothness and balance, the Shita grain whiskeys have traditionally been used as the dashi or broth that enhances the harmony in Suntory's renowned blended whiskeys. Mm. Uh, but through many mm. years of research and innovation, Shita Distillery's green whiskeys have achieved an unrivaled sophistication and complexity, culminating in the Shita Single Grain Whiskey. In Aichi Prefecture of the center of Japan, Shita Peninsula and its surroundings are known for its history of craftsmanship and fermentation. The Shita Distillery, the inventive grain whiskey distillery of the House of Suntory Whiskey, rises up surrounded by gently sloping hilly terrain and the serene atmosphere from the sea. Uh, Suntory's Shita Distillery creates three types of grain whiskey from corn, clean, medium, and heavy, as distinct from most distilleries which only produce the heavy type, um, aging in the unique climate and nature conditions of Omi and Hakushu, and use of American white oak casks further contributes to the incredible range of flavors presented by Shita Grain Whiskies, 
only recently up. enabling the level of complexity and depth demanded by the prodigious standards of the house. I swear, does does every part of the whiskey world require a former bourbon barrel? Yes. yes. <laughs> Rome it's just too. like they're like oh, we can only use it once, and everyone's like. Well, all right then. <laughs> yeah, we're all here. It's like we can only use these things once, and the rest of the world goes, "Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll take them, reduce, reuse, and recycle." Because we're Captain Planet. <laughs> I have to show the. Uh, oh, hold House on. Let me. Of Centauri. Yeah. First of all, their website is just amazing. Like this whole this whole thing, but like the the Shita Distillery, I'm just like I I need to go there right now. Well, yeah, because tourism's a huge thing. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it does. You know what would be also a, a, a beautiful place to go? Isla. Well, yes, that's oh. true, too. But look at this. Look at the lighthouse Wait, and the... When oh. can I go on your all's romantic trip to Isla? I know, right? <laughs> when can I go to that? Don't mind. I'll just be in your luggage. You won't even notice I'm there. But, oh, my God. The, the, the Chita and the um, the Hokushu distilleries look absolutely gorgeous. It's insanity. Um, like the the fact that the fact that the Hukushu one is like right in the forest, I, I just it's it's like oh I'm just gonna go you know to this nature preserve which happens to be a distilling whiskey no big deal. <laughs> I don't know. MBD. Yeah, I'm just like oh my god. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, uh, all this wonderful talk about Centauri. Let's get into uh, the stuff that we're actually drinking. Spoiler. It might be Centauri. Apologies for the squeaking. I need a refill. There might be a sound. Drink with me, friend. Said, <laughs> stop breaking it up. Ah, okay. Do you want to? Um, I'll let you go. <clears throat> Good. Okay, so uh, we are. Uh, do you have the bottle? Yeah, as I said, you want to hold the. <clears throat> So we went with the... Um, For Jim, who has a bottle of his own. The slightly more affordable option, <laughs> basically. <laughs> no, when I went to buy a Suntory product, there were two. There was this and the Toki. And if I'm buying Japanese whiskey, I'm not buying the Toki. Mm. Um, well, hmm. you didn't buy Japanese whiskey. True. If, if we're going to buy Japanese uh, spirits? Spirits. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, he says, uh, Toki is crap. Um, so we yeah. did not buy the Toki. We got the Roku Gin from Centauri. Um, uh, by the way, I can't hear Roku without going to like Avatar The Last Airbender going, Avatar Roku. Oh, see, I That's... think of the streaming. <laughs> Both are fine. I just meant that the cartoon has been burned into my brain. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, what's the strength on this? Does it say? Strong. Strong like bull. I don't know. Okay. Uh, It'll get you drunk, is what it says. Yeah. So from their official website, it says, uh, so in Japanese, Roku translates as the number six. Inside every bottle of Roku Jin, you will find six very special botanicals that are sourced in Japan. Um, Suntory developed its own multiple distillation process as a result of the special features each botanical brings to Roku Jin. Perfectly balanced mix. 86 proof. 43% alcohol. Okay. I was about to say, I just found two of them. So I was like, I don't know which one of them they have. <laughs> uh, Roku is produced in the, I'm going to say this wrong, liqueur, or liquor atelier, atelier, 
the specialized craft distillery for Suntory spirits and liquor. Um, it owns four distinct types of pot stills, and in a process unique to Roku, the, botanic- uh, the botanicals are distilled separately according to each feature of botanicals to extract the best flavor and maintain their individual characteristics. For instance, the delicate scent of cherry blossom is drawn out through vacuum distillation in stainless pot stills, whereas the deep flavor of yuzu is achieved by distillation in copper pot stills. Um, so that's insane. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, sensitive. Uh, it captured in the blending of the carefully crafted ex- extracts of the 14 botanicals. Uh, so you've got uh, sakura flower, sakura, sakura leaf. Huh? Sakura. 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 Okay, sorry. Sakura. Um, <clears throat> gosh, my throat is dry. Uh, yuzu peel, sencha tea, green tea, um, gyokuro tea. Gyokuro. Gyokuro tea. Uh, which is refined green tea, and then the sancho, sancho pepper. Uh, six Japanese botanicals cultivated over four seasons. The six Japanese botanicals have been carefully selected to create Roku. Uh, each botanical has been harvested at the peak of its season to extract the best flavor and distilled to fully embody the blessings of nature. Yeah. And uh, chat, uh, twenty-four dollars a bottle, insane for what you get. It is, mm. and I think the price is starting to creep up. Maybe careful on that. But yeah, this is one of the newest products from Centauri, and it's really good. And we are not drinking it straight. We did a cocktail. Speak kind of... for yourself. Well, you, you at least <laughs> had the lime in it. I'm doing like a gin and tonic with a lime. That's yeah. that's it. I mean, it's still not drinking it just as, as gin. Uh, we... Yes, they do have a vodka as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we... They have a whiskey drink. They have a vodka drink. <laughs> but they've also been doing gin, uh, as they are quick to point out, since, what, like 1938 or something? Yeah, they actually had one before this a, a good while back. Um, but this is, like, obviously a new take on everything. Um, the I'm not a huge fan of gin. So I did, uh, we got a blackberry simple syrup. And so it's... No, it's not a simple syrup. It's just blackberry. Oh, just syrup. Okay. Blackberry puree syrup. The, gotcha. It's a very complex syrup. <laughs> Not simple at all. Nothing simple. Um, but so, uh, it's, no pumpkin it's, spice. <laughs> it's that mixed with lime and uh, tonic and the gin. Um, so I liked it just fine in that form. Uh, I'm just not a big gin person. I did like the hibiki. I tried it uh, when uh, we were at Bob's. So um, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, I poured a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I that was quite good for my homies. <laughs> yes. Uh, Speaking of which, Chris, I was well. I was going to say, Chris. Uh, I mean, you're you're drinking a bit, bit straighter. How are your thoughts on the Roku? I love it. I can drink it just straight. Like I, yeah. I did it with some tonic. I just did gin and tonic, and then a lime wedge. That's how I've been drinking it all night. I can drink this just straight with nothing at room temperature, yeah. and it's fantastic. And I, I did try it. it straight before. I just, I, it wasn't a fan. So, yeah, it's fine. Uh. All right. Well, I uh, I've been going with the the whiskey. I bought some Hibiki on a sale a while back, and it's uh, I've been hoarding it like a dragon. As you should. As you yeah, as you do, as you should. Uh, but uh, I've I want a second glass of it tonight, so it's a good night. <laughs> Making my back feel real good now. Oh yeah, <laughs> loosening loosening up all those back muscles. Whiskey is my muscle relaxer. Mm, uh, good. But no, I have the Hibiki, 
Uh, this is without an age statement because age statement they, hard to find now. They're gone now. Uh, they're all gone. But this is from Centauri. It's a Japanese whiskey. It's a forty-three percent ABV, uh, and it is uh, according to their website, uh, Kanzen or complete. Hibiki whiskey is a harmonious blend of innumerable malts and uh, grain whiskies, which are meticulously blended to create a full orchestra of flavors and aromas. Seductive, blossoming, enigmatic, Hibiki whiskey creates an unrivaled art of blending, fine craftsmanship, and a sense of luxury in the house of Centauri. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's humorous or not. Your favorite drink is a spicy Caesar, extra horse that that no i I mean you know to each their own uh we were talking about uh bloody mary's earlier and all i could think of was like there's also the bloody caesar so Mm. uh anyway hibiki was launched uh well we're talking just a bit about about what it is but uh it's the one that wins them awards yeah (laughs) it's the one that wins them awards and it's the one that's not cheap generally like the fact that you got it on sale is like good job I, I, yeah i got it on sale i think it was still like 60 80 bucks somewhere in that range yeah which i mean it's normally like i think it's normally like 80 bucks it's and probably 60 then. i thought it was like 100 uh but this is a it's one of those whiskeys that i do really love i don't I'm a little congested, and I'm really upset about that cuz it's like really cutting down some of my mm. my ability to kind of enjoy it I remember it being very smooth, but it it is kind of smooth. It's got a nice. It does have a little nice warm alcohol bite, but it's not like a. It's not like a Henry McKenna where you know you got your hundred proof. Hmm. So whiskey vault, burn, but... whiskey vault. He was saying uh, Habiki would be so introductory whiskey is going to be an Irish whiskey to yeah, a yeah. complete whiskey yeah. noob, and then he said um, they were bringing up Japanese whiskey or even Habiki would be uh, the follow up to that graduating because it is it's not as intense but you are getting all these subtle notes and everything and are in like, there it's got it's got so much going on in there like i mean it is complex but each time i'll drink it i'll get like a different flavor just little bits here and there and furry viking is like there's a butteriness to hibiki i was like yes mm. but it's also it's a richness that i associate with some like some darker fruits sometimes uh, so, so yeah, uh, and yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Hibiki would be a nice transition from, from Irish to Scottish. However, I just went whole hog and went, <laughs> right. oh, I'm, I'm drinking Scot- Irish whiskey. I'm feeling angry. I think <laughs> Scotch should be what I go with now. Yep. Right. <laughs> it's like uh, when you, I, it's, it's such a strange transition when you think about it. You're like, yeah, that's some nice subtle notes of this, you know, whatever. And then you're like, I'm going to for a bonfire. Just a drink, a bonfire. <laughs> I do still have some Lagavulin, although not, <laughs> not nearly enough. Yeah, but it's just yeah. funny, like the the trend, the the odd uh, leap that you take there. They still have the Offerman Reserve uh, Lagavulin. I need to get a bottle. Yeah. Sorry, chat. All right. Well. Yeah. Well, we learned a lot about Centauri today, which is actually just like. There was a lot of moments of like, what? And we all had a good uh, circle jerk about Habiki. Mm. And we got to butcher a language we don't normally get to butcher on show. But you know what? It wasn't as bad, I feel like, as, I mean, nothing compares to our butchering of German or... uh, 
We really should take some German classes. I had German, German classes. To... I had German classes for three years. Didn't help. Didn't help. What's what's the other one we just simply cannot Spanish. do? Spanish. Well. Like Spain Spanish. Oh, we just yeah. butchered that. Fair. And then like, you know, any Scandinavian. When we were talking about port, no, we just, we laid it to Oh, it. Italian. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's oh, bad. Oh, yeah. That's, Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> yeah. If you um, want to subscribe yeah. at this point, <laughs> yeah. You well, if you want to, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow dot com, or you can follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and Twitch. Learn along with us as our our dumb brains mispronounce things, and uh, we try to do it while drunk. Uh, you also you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email email address feedback at haveadrinkshow dot com, or you can use just use the feedback page on the website. Yes, and all joking and fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. When I'm drinking straight gin, I'm at home and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Indeed, all right. I'm too too old for that nonsense anymore. <laughs> True yeah. word. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you can check us out again next time for the uh, next live episode here at twitch.tv slash haveadrinkshow. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>